It's zombie time. Zombie time. With America's most nocturnal podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum. I'm looking for a caped up shoddy. <laughs> I'm Ben Sheets, but you can call me Benj. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you almost did a spit take there, T. So that, was really, that was pretty funny, but um, hello, and I'm Cleveland Mosier, but today I'm Barbaroy Slim. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Barba Boys. The Barba Boys. The Barba Boys. The Barbaroy Boys. Well, you might not have believed it was possible. But it's time for another Animu episode. Hell yes. yes. I mean, as long as I'm here, they're going to come it's, up every it's now and then. It's like always... the annual an- anime episode. Yeah, we, we get like about one a we year like, in. We get like one a year in, um, and this one comes courtesy of Cleveland. Of course. Who, uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, who uh, has chosen uh, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Hell yeah. The sequel it feels more like a soft reboot of uh the original vampire hunter yeah. d well, that we talked about a couple of years of ago imagining yeah, yeah. Well, the cool thing about like the whole vampire hunter d story is he's essentially like a lone writer he's a he's a clint eastwood yeah. wanderer character mm-hmm. so you can just do like you know, one film that sort of acts as like a vignette of a story. Like, you know, it's, him, it's Mad Max. Him, he wanders into a different town. Yeah, exactly. Mad Max is the same thing. It's a it's a tale as old as time. Um, you this know. is this is only a sequel in the sense that it was made after the original one. Yeah, it was made about fifteen years. Yes, this came out in uh, the year mm-hmm. 2000. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, as good as the animation was that they were animating it for that that entire fifteen years. Like, good God, it's. Gorgeous to look at. Well, yeah, we might as well dive right in and and get Let's that go. that right out of the way. Is that holy shit? This movie looks so 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 much better than the original. Yeah, yes. and like not even and like it's almost unfair to compare it to the original. Just like on its own, this movie looks fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like like you can put this film next to Akira. You can put it next to like any of the greats. But I'm surprised. I'm a little surprised saying that. I knew it was gonna be better than the original. But yeah, frankly, the original has some really cool concepts and looks neat, but is really cheap. Here, no stops are pulled. It, it's fucking gorgeous front to back. You know, this is made with a larger budget, obviously. Obviously. Of course. Um, by the production company Madhouse, um, who, you know, also did Paprika and My Perfect Blue. Yeah. Um, and, Cons. you know, the, the director of this... It's kind of well known. Uh, he directed uh, Ninja Scroll. I don't oh, know shit. if you guys have. Um, no I've never also, seen Ninja Scroll, but I've heard very good things. Yeah, he also directed one of the segments oh, from The Animatrix and that movie Neo Tokyo. And he did uh, one of the Batmans, Batman Gotham Knight, I think. Really? I'd be curious to see that. To Damn. I mean, just flowing check. capes really well, so. I'm sure yeah, and this is a movie full of uh, people in voluptuous flowing capes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whose cape is bigger? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> well, we may never know. <laughs> That's true. They kind of change in size constantly. Yeah. Well, which is great. I mean, this is a this is a rare case uh, where we watch an anime film that I actually really like. 
you know, anime is not really my thing, but I appreciate a good film uh, when when it's made. I, I do love uh, Akira and uh, Ghost in the Shell, and the you know the, the classics, mm-hmm. the good the good ones. Yeah. And uh, you know, I was not at all hot on the original Vampire Hunter D. Like it had some some fun stuff to clown on, but I thought it was pretty shitty. Um, yeah. And you know, I. I I was expecting better on this one because I know Ben, you said you had seen this one before, yeah. and that it was that it was good. Yeah, we'll get into that. For um, sure. But man, it was so much better than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, growing up, I had seen this one a few times, and when we originally covered the first one, my frame of reference was this, and I thought we were watching this one, yeah, not realizing. I had them mixed up. So. Can we backtrack a little bit? I kind of want to know how did you come across it originally when you were a kid? Because I'm always fascinated by like, because like in the 80s, like it was kind of hard to get hold of anime, you know. And so it's like up through the 90s and like into the early aughts. Like I'm always curious about like how like people like I think encountered it was in the the animated movie section of like Blockbuster Family Video or Blockbuster. Oh, family, yeah, yeah, Family Video. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. That makes so. sense. So you'd like rent it a couple of times. And you're like, yeah. yeah, I want to get this one again. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I really exactly. like chocolate. I want that again. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming the one you had access to is probably the American dub. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sensible. which is honestly, from my memory, a pretty good dub altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is we watched right. we watched the Japanese dub mm-hmm. this time, but with subtitles that were, were- clearly <laughs> for the English version. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it oh, seems like there's a lot more dialogue in the English version. Yeah, the English version, like it seems like the script, like writers and translators, um, were a lot less confident in just letting the visuals tell the story. And yeah. I really appreciated that about like the Japanese, like original dub, because like there's just like moments where you just get to like look at the look at the ambient, like, wasteland or old ancient buildings and things. And, and like, there the are characters subtitles. Are just... Yeah, and yeah. subtitles would be playing out like characters are talking over it all, and instead we just get to kind of bask in, like, the... And the the ambience and the music is really good over the top of it, so it's, like, the blowing wind and, like, maybe, like, soft synths or mm-hmm. coral, like, uh, kind of ooing in the background as the characters stand there and also... And we take it in with them. Yeah. And it's so, so much better for it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there was none of that additional dialogue that we got through the subtitles that I thought was necessary. None? No. Yeah, like, all of it was stuff that you could just take in by watching. Yeah. You really felt like, like, or at least I really felt like whoever was translating it was watching it being like, this is really esoteric. I need to insert as much dialogue as possible. Mm -hmm. And they tried way too hard at that. Like, to just, like, insert as much additional exposition into it. Because, like, yeah, the subtitles were just constantly popping up, like, in between. And, And again, like, whenever, like, the dialogue was actually, like, paired with the subtitles, it was all you really needed. Yeah. To get by. Like, like again, like, none of the, like, just really, just an incredible example of, like, trimming the fat in reverse. You know, like the like the whoever like went to translate it just like added a bunch of like additional fat that wasn't necessary. Well, it's it's interesting. It. You, you have that pacing. What's interesting about it to me too is that like a lot of anime I find to be like overly talky. Yeah, and verbose. Yeah, like it seems like the Japanese in their filmmaking style kind of do that a lot. And so it was interesting to see in this case where the actual like Japanese audio version has 
much less dialogue than the American than the English dub did. Well, that's why like I I tend to like really gravitate towards like Onibaba and any of like um Kurosawa's works do a beautiful job of just letting the visuals tell the story. Look at Yojimbo, right? Like the most iconic sequences are like just him walking you know, towards the enemy or, like, him sitting in these buildings. And, like, just the ambient scenery of, like, how everyone is gathered and where tells you everything you need to know. I think the problem is more general than just to film translators. I think, like, an incompetent translator will try to be as descriptive as possible Mm -hmm. in hopes that nothing at all is lost in translation, where, like, a more confident, experienced translator will know that like sometimes less is more mm-hmm. you and, know you know i think that this is not limited to translation i think this just applies to writing in general and music and visual art as well i know like when i was younger um uh and painting i would really often i would try and cram as much information visually into a piece as i could to to make it have more you know and it it's taken me years, and, I, and I, I'm still learning this lesson. I'll learn this lesson until I die. But um, it's taken me years to learn to allow for that negative space to take over and, and to just let people bask in the simplicity. And it's why we gravitate towards, like, animated films or, you know, simplistic styles and games or, you know, you name it. Because, like, there's so much, it's so much easier to breathe and to take it in. Uh, simplicity can be really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, minimalism as well can be very well used. Well, and I think when it relates to a film like this, too, the story really should be kind of secondary. Yes. Um, because, like, that's not, like, the strong suit of this film by any means. Or the series, really. Or or the series. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've only seen this one in the original one. Well, but, yeah, uh, but... But, I mean, yeah, this is... Uh, this is not something that you watch for, like, the the really engaging story. It's for a series of extremely cool set pieces animated masterfully. Well, and it's that fear of trying to fill in the gaps that I think actually can make it worse, too. Because when you, when you try to, like, add in as much extraneous content as you can or to really just like make sure you're covering all your, covering all your corners... Um, what ends up happening is you overwhelm. Like, yeah, this is a very esoteric style. It's it's a lot of genres sort of pooled together, um, pretty seamlessly though. I, I gotta say, like, like you really you really fall into the world and just get to enjoy it visually but, and world building wise. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it is esoteric, and throwing dialogue all over the top of it is more overwhelming than anything else. I think. Um, and you see that in, like, poor writing as well, where it's like, oh, we need to convey this thing. Let me just give you, like, seven paragraphs of this so that you can understand it. And it's like, well, that doesn't help me understand it. Now I have to look, look at all of this information or listen to all this information and also take in the esoteric stuff. And it's like, you need to, like, let the esoteric stuff breathe, you know, I think. Yeah, well, I think that's the main problem I had with the original one that's kind of solved in this one is the original one kind of lacked a clarity of purpose and i think part of that is because it's so esoteric that they like you said overload you Mm -hmm. and like it goes all over the place in so many different directions and it doesn't feel like it has a clear through line where this one 
has a very simple story. Uh, Yeah. The story is very thin, but there is a central narrative running throughout. Yeah, it's, it's, this is like a quest film, you know, it's like a journey. So it makes sense to move from like one set piece to the next. Whereas like the first one, a big problem that I had with the first one in sort of the same vein that you're talking about is that like, structurally it's all over the place and there are just like random things thrown in all the time that like don't really fit in with what's going on Mm -hmm. and then are like forgotten like the first time he goes to like the cat like the 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 main bad guy's castle in the original one like 30 minutes in it's just like uh, here's a here's a big uh, monster that throws rocks at him. Here's a ghost panther. Here's a, a little floating eyeball creature. Here's a snake. And it's like each one of these things is just like thrown out of nowhere and then immediately discarded. And it's like, okay, it's kind of fun, I guess, but like it doesn't feel like thought out. Whereas in in this movie, it's like, okay, he's, they're moving from one location to the next, like on this journey. So that gives you your opportunity for like new encounters with like cool new bad guys and stuff along the way to happen. It feels like an odyssey instead of just throwing all of that shit together and then... Like, the one, like, the the vampire guy's daughter in the first one, like, betraying him, and then not, and then yes again, and, like, <laughs> nobody can decide what the fuck their motivation Ooh, man, is. man, the twists and turns. <laughs> and all of that is, ju- is thankfully, mercifully gone <laughs> mercifully, from this one. It's, yeah. it's so, it's so much more simple, but also, like, it has some surprisingly like well-rounded characters with complex motivations and you know it doesn't feel the need to say too much with any of these things but it just like tells a solid simple story my biggest problem with this movie overall is it i feel like it gets bogged down in the third act with like too much talky stuff yeah. and it's not yeah. terrible like, it's very watchable, but it does start to feel its length a little bit around mm. that time. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm um, with it. Even in those cases, like, the animation and the setting is so cool. Like, at least you're, like, visually engaged, even if I don't necessarily care about uh, some of the intricacies of uh, of a human woman loving a vampire, you know? <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Sure. Have either of y'all watched any of the Netflix Castlevania series? No, I've heard it's really good, though. So I, I, watched, I don't I watched watch the much first anime. episode. I okay. thought it was pretty good. I watched, like, two or three of it, and then, frankly, got kind of bored of it. And, like, this is what it wants to be. Like, I, I compare that in my mind, like, the quality of animation and the level of it, and it's like, I'm sorry, but, like, you can't even begin to yeah, compare. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is like, just sci-fi Castlevania. Yeah, this yeah. is, and it's so much cooler than just regular Castlevania, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you get a little bit of everything, and it somehow in this works. It's hokey, like, 70s sci-fi in the original one is sort of... I, I made a lot of comparisons to, like, Roger Dean's art or Flash Gordon. And those are those are works that were also, like, kind of young when it comes to, like, how to tell narrative in sci-fi. And how to, how to do, like, that sort of storytelling. But here, it's just... It's matured so beautifully, 
you know, like it, it's the next logical leap. And it, and it feels like how like 80s and 90s, sci- good 80s and 90s sci-fi reads with those like shoulders to stand on. But I mean, credit to the original, like, because that's where we came from. Yeah. Your point about the and then and then stuff in the original, like what's so cool is this movie has stuff just as weird as Ghost Panthers. Totally. Yeah. Right? Like, just as weird. But it but it feels less out of place in this movie. Yes. Somehow, yeah. you right? know. Like, it, it does a really hard job, which is, like, presenting you with these weird, fantastic creatures, people, events, settings in a way that feels organic that allows you to, like, accept it and enjoy it. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Like, and, and it, it, well, it, clearly, it truly is. Yeah. 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 When, especially when you compare. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I respect the shit out of it. Um. I guess you know, we've talked about how simple the plot is. Should we just kind of like break down it front to back? Sure. Yeah. Basically, uh, Vampire Hunter D, who is a Dampier, which is a half human, half vampire. He's Blade. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically. Uh, yeah. He's anime daywalker. Um, he gets hired uh, by a rich man whose daughter has been kidnapped by. Uh, uh, a vampire, Meyer Link. Um, that's his name. That's his, his name is Meyer Link. Yes. And, he come to uh, town. Come to take. I guess he's uh, German, like all other, yeah, like vampires. all like all other vampires. Mm. All vampires are German. But yeah, he's he's kidnapped this young woman, uh, and they hire D to uh, hunt you know chase him down and get her back and then there's also uh, another team of uh unrelated vampire hunters who are also uh chasing them down as well and uh that's sort of the gist of the story and the chase leads to you know all of these cool fight scenes with cool villains with cool future vampire powers and shit yep and and that's and that's but, basically it. I love it too because it is a simple story of like trying. It starts out framed as like a simple story of like save the princess, right? Yeah. Like the 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 girl has been taken. You know, we hear from the father that the girl has been taken, and he has to rescue her. And we find out at the around the midpoint of the film that she wants to go. She hasn't been kidnapped. She's run away. Exactly. With, and, with her vampire lover. And I fucking love that. Like, it's like, cool. She has her own agency. Like, she wants to be there. And and the vampire is not just, like, unambiguously evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's complex. He's a monster, but he loves a human. And he like, knows he's know. a monster, and he's trying to not be a monster for her. Yeah, and, he's he wants her to stay human. He doesn't want her to turn... He doesn't yeah. want to turn yeah. her and into a vampire. And she does. She's like... Yeah. You know, like, yeah. my neck's ready to go. Let's let's do this. And he's like, he's no. He's like, no, the curse. You don't get it. It sucks. Like, you don't want to live forever. It's it bad. Blows. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, like, you don't want to thirst for blood. You don't want to be a bad person. Yeah. And I I love that shit. Like, uh, and, and frankly, it's, is it the deepest shit I've ever, like, encountered? No, sure. And I've seen it before. Um, it's Beauty and the Beast. It's whatever else. But no, but it's, it's, it's just what an action... Uh, yes. series needs yeah. like it's just the right amount of like mud in the water just the right amount of complexity to you know give you enough to like latch on to to enjoy as we kick some vampire monster ass it's just <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. enough to keep the characters from being two-dimensional mm-hmm. and it's just enough to make it be like okay well is d really the good guy here you know 
And that that is enough to make it interesting. And then, yeah, then there's fucking cool fight scenes and shit. It's zombie yeah. time. It's zombie time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great moment. So D, he goes, he goes to settlement, he gets the gig, and he heads out. To which we then cut to a an abandoned town uh, where they uh, were a this this fucking awesome train car uh, like or like just armored vehicle. Yeah, coming. this shit looks like it drove right out of Warhammer. Uh, there's a lot of that in this. I as a crucifix floodlight on the front of it. Mm-hmm. The dad, the, the 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 peeper in the front yeah. of it is is a is in a cross shape. Yeah, I love the yeah the floodlights there. They're closed at first. They're shuttered at first. And then when they flick open, you see that the light's been behind her in a cross shape. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's so fucking really great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. This is our introduction to the other team of uh, vampire hunters. Borgoff and his his gang. They get swarmed by a bunch of vampires. Yeah. I, like ghouls. You know, it's, it's the... It's, you know, I mean, like, they look like vampires. They got vampire fangs. They got the glowing red eyes and the claws mm-hmm. and shit and whatever. Yeah. But uh, you know, so they're being chased by a swarm of that, and then they decide to stop and fight, and that's when we get uh, Borgoff uh, saying the line, "It's zombie time," which is confusing because I didn't think they were zombies. <laughs> I thought they were vampires, but whatever. Well, it's so funny because it's very uh, cool. There's a ton of subtitles before it, but we don't really get any dialogue in the Japanese. Yeah, it's, and then out of nowhere, the first the first line that is actually in the Japanese dialogue is "It's zombie time," <laughs> which let's be real is all you fucking need. Exactly, yeah. none of that other shit is necessary. It's yeah. it is zombie time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the the American version, like it's pretty clear, like like that it's all of the characters in the car, like just about yeah. get a line in before yeah. we see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, like in the Japanese version, the one guy comes out and says, "It's zombie time." They get attacked, and the other characters are introduced through action, and they yeah. all leap out of the car and do different through things. Through their weapons. Yeah, yeah. and, like, we, that's a way better way to get to know yeah. them in, yeah. in this kind of series. Like, yeah, so, we want to see them in combat. Like, So we've got Borgoff. He's the leader. Yeah. He's got a uh, wrist-mounted crossbow. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother, Nort? It's I, Yeah, sure. I think Nort. It's yeah. a Nort. Like Nort. I, I want to say that it's it, Nort. Who, uh, Nort, Bunko, and Steve. Nort you know, has like, a, yeah. a a giant hammer that just has a a, a sharpened stake point on yeah, one it's end. A, it's a giant stake hammer, which is fucking cool. They're fucking rules. Nolt. 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 That's Nort. it. Not Nort. Nolt. <laughs> it's the same. Um, there's Nolt. the Nort. the blade master Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> which is which is very yeah. it's very funny because like. Uh, with the Japanese dub, it, uh, his name is Kylie. Yeah. Um, uh, there's Layla, is that right? Yeah. Uh, no. Who ends up being a pretty important character. She has. Uh, I as, love her aesthetic. As as we pointed out, she has the uh, the haircut of the major but from blonde. Ghost in the Shell, but blonde. She has the same. But haircut. it's identical with like the. It's like hair that sideburns. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of look. Yeah, but, I, I love it. And she's wearing a jacket that is not far removed from Kaneda's jacket in Akira, yeah. the the red jacket with the shoulder pads. Yeah. And she's riding around on her motorcycle, quote unquote. It's a unibike. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a unibike. It's, it's got one, one big, big one wheel. big wheel. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks cool. It doesn't look dumb. And what's neat is when did this come out? Like two thousand. Two thousand. Right on the nose. Okay. Yeah. 
like another decade or two, like this would actually be invented. Like the Unibike is a thing. You wouldn't catch me dead on one, but they do exist. They I have seen I have seen a number of people rolling around on like those little one wheeled skateboard thing. They're not skateboard; they're like hoverboards. Mm-hmm. Um, but like basically the exact same design. Like you get on it like a motorcycle, yeah. and it's got one wheel on it, which is dumb. Like honestly, but like yeah. in a sci fi environment, like a it's like okay, idea. it's got gyros in it. It's got whatever. It's big and bulky. It looks like a big old VHS player. That's a motorcycle. It looks fun. Well, and they've got one. It. There's one more member of their team, uh, Grove, who is uh, is like sickly and ill. He has to like stay inside the vehicle. He's hooked up to a bunch of mis- machines and stuff. But his power is, is, is my favorite. Him. Is he uh, injects himself with like some uh, glowing blue potion or Compound whatever? V. Compound V. Compound mm-hmm. V, and uh, it allows him to astral project a version of himself as Laser Christ, which basically uh, just flies around uh, with his arms out, just like firing lasers. Just looking cool as shit. Yeah. Not unlike uh, Mother from Raised by Wolves. Yeah, kind of. Similar kind of vibes. Um, Laser Laser Christ is my favorite favorite part of this movie, though. Yeah. Well, it's great, too. I I really like how they introduce it. Um, it's, It's something I tend to love about, like, Frankly, even bad, like, Shonen Jumpy anime can do this really well, where, uh, like, frankly, it's it's basically all that Shonen Jumpy anime has going for it, which is they introduce you with a cool character, they've got a weird look, and you get to slowly figure out and kind of guess at or learn what their weird ability does and means. And um, this movie introduces all those things very well, and I'm frankly more tastefully than like your soul eaters and whatever else bullshit. You know, like it, lit- literally pick an anime, they all do it because like we see him get injected, and they're like, "Yo, like you need to be careful with yourself." And it's like, "Okay, this could be a Hulk serum, this could be whatever." And then we cut away, we cut outside, and he his the spectral version of himself appears as like a Deus Ex Machina, but he's like it's like him and glowing, so you you think it's like him super powered or whatever. Yeah. And then it gets, like, defeated, and it cuts back to him still lying in the bed. So you kind of have to piece it together yourself. It's like, oh, I guess he's, like, astral projecting or whatever. That's neat. And presumably, too, this power is, like, what is making him sick. Like, it's, yes. body, it's, yeah. uh, it's like, sapping his strength. Because mm-hmm. he, he comes back and uh, becomes Laser Christ at the end uh, to kill uh, Vampire Borgoff. Yep. Um and that that effort kills him at last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is cool. His, his final sacrifice mm-hmm. to save Layla. Like as as uh, extreme as this world is, as like high magic as it is, or high tech. Yeah, you know, but in, in both respects, um, there's still laws and rules. Yeah, yeah there's we don't see all of them, but we get a sense. There, yeah. yeah, that like there are uh, yeah there are things in place. There are like levels of power that mm-hmm. are that are shown and displayed, and I. I love that shit, and that's usually enough for me to, like, get by in, like, high fantasy or high tech. As long as it feels like it exists in its own world, like it's believable in the context of its own world, that's all that matters. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That, you know, and you don't need to get, you don't need, like, full explanations for everything. It's like, it just has to make sense for the world that it exists in. Mm -hmm. And some people still fail to do that (laughs) wildly. Like, that should be the easiest thing in the world. Um... But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, this world is also just very cool. Like, there is there is definitely some, like, Warhammer analog, especially, like, the castle at the end is, like, very fucking Warhammer-y. Like, the whole techno-gothic thing is just, uh, 
just fucking cool. Yeah, yeah fucking horse. All the fucking <laughs> and this was in this is the same in the first one too. But like the horses are all like cyber horses. Yeah, yeah, girls. Uh, Red glowing eyes. Yeah, and fucking Those Roger uh, Dean horses. Yeah, Meyer Link. His like, uh, his carriage is like the carriage itself is like very like Victorian Gothic looking, but it's got this team of like fucking robo horses with like just a straight red line across their yeah. eyes. Like they have like the like, Cylon the si- eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's dope too because like the, awesome. the carriage is like like triple plated, like something out of Berserk. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's so fucking. Cool, I love, man. I, I love the very love beginning. It. So of hard the, to animate too. <laughs> the very, imagine. very beginning of the film where it start, like the opening shot starts with like the the big fucking castle, the Castlevania castle. And then it like pulls back and like you see the town and there's just like a bajillion crucifixes and stuff like on all the roofs facing the castle. And then when like the the carriage is like galloping through the street like all of the crosses on the uh the roof like bend and like contort and shit as almost it's like a withering by. plant yeah. yeah it's so well they literally show it alongside like withering plants yeah. like, as it passes which is pretty funny because like that character turns out to like not be you know like that evil like well, he's doing what he's doing for love but like they introduce him as like the most evil like corrupting like even his his presence withers the plants and bends the crucifix well it, and it, it does something else too turn you yeah. know, like, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing is, like, well, it implies, and again, it doesn't need to say it, but it implies that she kind of turned him to good, you know, like, per, like he was possibly like, like a pretty evil vampire lord leading up to that, and like, through love, she's been able to like change him. Well, doesn't he have a line at the end, like, towards the end, where he said he, like, never killed? Hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. No, well, he wasn't Which, putting out that energy. So. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, that's what I'm oh, saying. But the other, <laughs> the other cool thing is not only does he do that, he enters the room, and I, I hadn't seen this before, like in a vampire story, and I thought it was so fucking neat in the intro. Like he's withering the crosses, I and mean, we don't see him, but like the crosses are withering, the chariot is riding up, and then the door crack, the window cracks and closes. We don't see anyone enter, mm-hmm. and then the the roses wither as well, and then the mirror itself cracks. And I thought that was so fucking cool because, um, like, yeah, there's a whole thing where, like, vampires can't be seen in mirrors. But the idea of, a, like, like a mirror not only refusing to show a vampire but just, like, un- being unable to, like, exist in its presence, you know? Like, this vampire is so strong that he doesn't just show up, not show up in mirrors. He just cracks them when they're around him. I thought it was fucking cool. Yeah. Well, then there's a scene way later where they're, like, standing right in front of a mirror looking at He's just trying to not crack <laughs> He has the power. He can control it. You know. Yeah. Well, it's cool that that shot is cool too because like it's uh, you're seeing like the her on the bed through the mirror and you see her like get lifted up into the air Mm. and with all the drapery of like the sheets and her dress. And, yeah. and then like Gorgeous. he and then like he passes in front of the camera and you get like the f- flowing of the cloak as he goes through it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just uh very cool like directing decisions uh yeah. in in how this is a lot of this stuff is presented visually that that's the thing of it for me too like uh talking about like the drapery and the cloth and all these things is like like from a like a fine art background that i come from like a classical art and you know like italian renaissance background like this shit is mad impressive like this is this is fine art. Like I'm sorry, but yeah. like you can like you can put these. I don't care that there are laser crosses and shit in here. At the end of the day, technically, it belongs in a museum. 
like in the same capacity. You saying laser crosses don't belong in a museum? Hell no, they're fucking cool as shit. But like, uh, I I do I you know, and it's what I I particularly love about like my own job and and the rest is that like is bringing that level of like artistry into silly shit like this. You know, it's yeah. it's about laser vampires and yeah, like Warhammer forty k shit. But it's just it's so technically well made. It it yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it so much. It's, it's, I, I just want to live in it's this just world, wild. not really. <laughs> it's just wild. Like, no... Visually, like, no corners are cut in this thing. And it's just such a stark contrast to the original that is just like... I mean, I know it's a, a, a large difference in budget, but the original we were talking about stuff with, like repeated shots like looped frames to like draw stuff out just like they had the total anime just uh abstract backgrounds you know Mm -hmm. yeah just and and you know there is a a time difference an era difference as well and like what stuff is popular visually and so on and so forth but just like it the first one i think i said that it feels cheap which it kind of was and like this one just does not it's worlds different like every single shot of this film no matter how short is like fully rendered just like absolutely beautifully Mm -hmm. what's so interesting about that shift to me is it still maintains kind of the same tone where it doesn't feel too directly wink wink nudge nudge campy like it mm-hmm. has a self-seriousness to it that the original also kind of had yeah but because they have the imagery in this one to back it up it works yeah, yeah. the first one is much goofier like not necessarily self-aware but like much campier and this one has some of that too but uh it it definitely it makes you take it more seriously. Yeah, like, yeah I think. just because yeah. the artistry is it's so good. Yeah, yeah, when like all of the those like just outrageously like like baroquely like stemming uh, arches, you know, are, are are coming off of like every object. Um, even the like from the castle, like it has those incredible flying buttresses that are like fully ornamented with like all these little gothic details. To the the casket that. Um, camilla is in right like it has these like incredible like it's it's almost like art nouveau like swoops that go like because it's it's on like a platform um uh like stared stair-stepped platform Mm -hmm. and there are these like swooped sort of like arches that are holding it in place that go from all the way to the ground all the way up to it like and it's it's just beautiful imagery i uh yeah, I was just constantly, like, enamored by it. Like, there's these shots of, like, their swords, and they're all fully ornamented and shit. And his hand has, like, all these cool, like, wrinkles in its eyes and shit. Yeah, like, his, his, little, his, his little fucking... It. It's uh, much easier to buy now. His little face hand. Yeah, it is much easier to yeah. buy in this movie. Yeah. And it's the wrinkles, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Like, it's that extra detail mm-hmm. where you just... It just makes it so much easier to believe... Well, also in this one, too, they introduce it much earlier on in a way that's, like, much more natural, I guess. Like, less jarring. It's yeah. like, in the original, it's like, what the fuck is it? Like, the first time you see the little face on his hand, it's like, what the fuck is this? It's like 40 minutes into the movie. What's going on? Yeah. And this movie doesn't 
do anything more than the first one does to like explain what the deal with his little face it does band less, is. Actually, yeah. like it yeah. does. Like we still don't know anything about it, but it's much easier to buy in this one. Yeah, and you know it it it, it serves a more interesting purpose, I think, where like the the little uh, hand face sort of serves as. Uh, not not necessarily D's inner monologue, but sort of like an outer monologue. Oh well, yeah, it is. It's, it's it's an inner outer monologue. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very. Uh, it reminded me a lot uh, in this one of uh, Afro Samurai, where you know you've got like Afro, who's mm. like the silent Clint Eastwood style protagonist who rarely talks, but then you've got the ninja ninja sidekick character who doesn't like fight or anything but is, like, constantly talking to sort of, like, provide the the outer monologue. It's like, this feels very much like that. Afro Samurai rules, man. It does, man. I mean, yeah, like, Samuel Jackson voices Afro, Ron Perlman's the villain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fuck it slaps. Cleve, I have a question for you. Lay it on me. Considering this movie, you know, is kind of a reimagining 15 years later, like a sort of requel of sorts mm. to something where the source material had potential but just could not deliver on the potential what's another sort of series or movie anime or western animation that you'd like to see that has that sort of potential uh my thought is uh, i have a couple one of which we actually watched on the podcast i know that it isn't an anime, but it does stem from a, from a manga, and that's Giver. I would want to see that animated. I think, frankly, it would work better in animation. Much. <laughs> Much better yeah. in animation. Um, though uh, the, the Sentai is fun. It's, it's hokey, and, you know, it's fun even when it's gory. You know, it's guys in rubber suits, which I, I adore. I would also really love to see it, yeah, animated and taken really seriously, and it would just be much easier to immerse myself in that world and just really get down with that super cool cyborg beetle suit, you know? The That's other, a good one. That yeah. would be really cool. The okay. other one is something that has been adapted somewhat recently, about six or so eight or so years ago uh and that would be um that was adapted well but it was only a part of the story that's blam if you're looking for like extremely cool sci-fi inspiration i mean apart from like guyver i would immediately then go to blam you know in some circles like it's considered like the silmarillion of of manga because it's so vast and high concept that you just couldn't adapt it you just look at a couple panels from it and you'll see what i mean uh, if you're looking it up, it's spelled blame, exclamation point, because Japanese <laughs> translation. But it's pronounced blam. It's supposed to be like a gun going off, like boom, blam, blam. But it's, you know, it's Japanese. So, like, there's a funny kind of translation thing. Blame. There. Yeah, it's blame. Anywho, my point is they did they covered a small bit of it. But, like, if sure. you look at the illustrations from it, there's just so many cool characters and settings in this just insanely, like, grim, dark cyber future that I would just I would love to see it animated part of the reason I brought up that question was uh, they were originally going to remake uh, Wicked City which is a really great anime it's like body horror demons the narrative itself is pretty shitty 
um, <laughs> which is why I think it would work in the same way. But they ended up deciding on doing Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust instead, which is interesting. But you Turned know, out very I well. think it, it poses an interesting question in that, like, I think there's a lot of like older shitty animations where like you could go back and you could make that better yeah and in so many ways yeah it's funny you mentioned wicked city i was actually mentioned earlier like we we brought up the fact that we kind of cover about one anime a year 2023 that's just coming i'm definitely picking wicked city at some point (laughs) if you don't i I mean the animation is good i've been curious the narrative is just kind of shitty well it's it's one of those ones where it's like it's like funny it's like dark city in that sense where it's like i'd see i've seen bits of it and i'm like yeah i really want to i really want to know what this is about i know what I've heard it's not great, but I want to know. You know, I want to. Dark City is Dark City is underrated. Yeah, Dark City is underrated, but it has it's got it a has, lot of problems. It has problems, but it does rule. I'm really it glad we watched it. But it's yeah. a good, you know it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we all rated it fairly positively. Yeah, yeah it's a fun movie. Um, I love being Mister Knowledgeable, but I will. I I might I might know maybe more about anime in some sex than either of you not entirely though i mean you know you know plain men but like uh a little bit yeah my my knowledge is not that deep i i um there is so much that way lies madness yeah frankly like that's probably for the best yeah that way lies madness i I try to be i'm very careful about how often i dip my toes into the water yeah that's that's very very much where i am that's Mm -hmm. very very much where i am well it's just like the amount of anime out there is just fucking staggering Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you compare yeah. it to like the whole of western animation and like western animation as a whole is probably like three <laughs> percent in comparison yeah dude it's insane yeah and there's and there have been a lot of anime where i've like started and then dipped out you know, right? yeah, I yeah. Mean, who's got time for who's got time for that? Well, you, can, really... you can clock it pretty quick whether like a series is worth your time. Well, you know, I say that, but Trigun, I. I, I misjudged apparently. I really need to go back and watch Trigon because I, I started it and was like it's just a little bit too much chibi for me and everyone I talk to always says like oh no Trigon is amazing like Apparently because... it's coming back. I think I saw something about that oh, like, thi- like this week that like oh. Trigon's coming back. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know shit about well, Trigon. Yeah. Uh, apparently the whole deal is like the character is like lighthearted and comical at some point and then apparently there's like some sort of spoilers for Trigon I guess like planetary genocide or something and he he gets like super grim dark and like suddenly the series takes like a huge like left turn that is an escalation yeah and i, I kind of <laughs> want to see it for that. and i didn't know that going in so i was like oh who's this chibi character i don't want to watch a whole series of this guy <laughs> tuned out and so like but like the idea of him being all kind of cutesy and fun and then just like suddenly coming around and be like no like i'm you killed an entire planet of my people or something i'm like okay I'm but I go. think, honestly, that's the thing that keeps me away from anime for the most part and has kept me away completely in the past is, like, just, like, the staggering amount of quantity and, like, such a low batting average. Yeah. Right? Like, there's way more bad anime yeah. than good anime out there. If it's Shonen Jump, it's a hard sell for me. Like, just in general. Like, I tend to shy away. There's a few exceptions, uh... Notably, of course, uh, this is some normie shit, but like Death Note is um, oh, Death, Death, Note, Note, is Death Note is one yeah. of the rare Death exceptions. Death Note is good. Death of, Note's like, one of the ones that I like. Yeah, it had a good script, and it was only given two seasons. And uh, you know, it's 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 
blessedly short. Season two has uh, a handful of like really rough parts. That it does, like, but like thank God it's two only is, two seasons. Season two is messy. Yeah, yeah. it's not like eight thousand episodes that get like confused and lost, like your Naruto's or your Bleaches or whatever else, or your One Pieces that are somehow still going, or your you know your your Soul Eaters, your uh, Hunter Hunters, your etcetera's. Like they're all. Like any I, one of those, I've tried and I've been failed. A- a- everyone I just mentioned, I have I have watched some amount of and have just immediately tuned out. Except for One Piece, I've watched like an episode of it and was like, "This is very much not for me." When I was a, <laughs> like, when I was a you kid, saved yourself a thousand episodes. Yeah, could you struggle. imagine? When like, I was a kid, I had a shown I had a Shonen Jump subscription. I got I got like yeah. the fucking uh, magazine sent to me every month, dude. So like I've read a lot of those mangas. And, uh, I mean, I, I grew out of that shit by the time Yo, I was, like, 12 or 13. This is gonna be a very telling question. Yeah. Did any of, either of you have the Naruto headband? Absolutely no. not. Okay, but, but, okay. Here's the thing. but, but, yeah. But can I at least say it? <laughs> yes. Can I be the one? I'll, I'll, you I'll, may. I'll, I'll out myself. You may. Okay, okay, so, um... <laughs> I was going through and I was just mentioning how I never finished Naruto. I never finished, you know, your fables or your seven deadly sins or your... And I've started all of these, you know, your Hunter Hunters. I, I tried with all of them and I dipped out because like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. It's a wait. I'm wasting my time. The animation is okay. Um, uh, Bleach, I, I did the same thing. I got pretty far into it. But uh, when it first came out, I was in high school uh, to, to date myself a little bit. I was a wee lad, and I I got pretty into it, and there was this one character who was, like, affectionately referred to as Hat and Clogs, and he's got this, like, gr- hat with, like, green and white stripes on it. And I thought Bucket it was, hat. Yeah, and I thought it was, like, the coolest hat, and I did get it. I did wear it. I did have... I still have it somewhere. I need to, I need to find it. It's it's an all right hat. It was, like, your iconic hat for, like, a good Yeah, well, because the character has, like, shoulder... years, at least. because the character has, like, kind of fluffy shoulder-level blonde hair, which I have. So, like, I was like, oh, shit, it's, like, anime... Like, I, I, it's an anime character I can relate with. I want the hat. So I got the hat, and it was a good hat. And I and I wore it, you know, like, outside of the, the outright weebiness of it, like... It was a comfy hat, and I, I wore it a lot, um, and it was really cringy, and I was a cringy teenager, so I, I wore that shit everywhere. I don't want to out my brother too much, but he did Do have it. a Naruto headband. <laughs> does, he doesn't listen to this podcast, does he? He does sometimes. Does he? Okay. Yeah. I hope he's listening. Um, <laughs> you know what? Joseph outed. He, uh, Joseph outed. He, he was happy with his decision at the time, so. Sure. I can't judge. Know? I had a exactly. fucking bleach chat. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't judge. We, well, we we grow. Side question. Yeah, as people at your high school, were there any uh, weep kids that ran with their hands behind their back? So yes. many Naruto run. It was an epidemic. I I used to be. There's no way he'd ever listen to the podcast, but I'm still not going to name him. But no, it's I, not nice I, too, I yeah. did. I did have a friend in like fourth and fifth grade who was absolutely the friend. I the only reason I was friends with him is because his family was rich. And I know he had, who you're talking about. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, and he his, he had like video games and stuff that I didn't have. Sure. And he was a fucking asshole. He was, he was mean. He was mean. To he you, was dude. Mean, dude. He was, he was mean, mean to me. He was, mean, he was mean to everybody. He was a fucking mm. asshole. Mm. Um. But he uh, he was one of those people who did Naruto run everywhere. He would Naruto run between classes because 
we uh, the the middle school was an outdoor middle school, uh, so he would just like walk out of the classroom, just immediately bend over, arms out behind his back, just take off to whatever his <laughs> next class was. And I did I did make fun of him for it, and uh, he's like, "No, dude, it makes you more aerodynamic." <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I just imagine, like, when you say, like, oh, it makes you more aerodynamic, like, him being, like, uh, him being in, like, a wind tunnel and being measured by, like, top military scientists and shit. (laughs) (laughs) My God, he's reaching speeds unheard of. He's so aerodynamic. This 13-year-old is so fast, you won't believe it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was was funny, too, because a lot of times, like, when he's, he's going between classes, he had to, like, carry his books and stuff. So if he was carrying a, his books, like if he had too many, he would have he could only do one arm behind. His back. <laughs> well, he's a little faster. Yeah, a little bit faster. Least, if yeah. he was just carrying like one or two binders, he would just like hold that in his hand See, as he's holding it. Back okay, his back. I have a I have a side story about that. Go for so it. you know, there was always those couple of kids in your high school that had the rolly backpacks. Oh yeah, right? sure. there was a crossover there. Rolly back and there was Naruto one running. dude that, that had a rolly backpack <laughs> and tried to Naruto run. Yo. Would it, would it ever, like, go sideways? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he he just, like, flailed it behind his back, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, if you took one of those, if you took one of those things faster than like a power walk, it would start like oh yeah like, yeah yeah madly. you had to clear the way for <laughs> yeah. him. Oh god, if yeah. he was coming, you didn't oh, want to get hit. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> make way for the Naruto weeb. That's so cool. Oh, yeah, oh, I love it, man. I love it. No, I uh, yeah, I uh, I used to take kung fu. I know it's just like more you know, Chinese in origin, but like I used to take kung fu and stuff. I was super I, into that. I, used to I took taekwondo anime. for a little while. Yeah, I also took taekwondo for a bit. Um, uh, yeah, did a little bit of both. Didn't make it past green belt. Yeah, I preferred I preferred kung fu to taekwondo. Is good, but we, we digress. But <laughs> cool. the, the point, yeah, who, who fucking cares? Uh, but. <laughs> 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 um, I really think it's a more efficient fighting style. Yeah, it's so sweet. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to weigh in on that I, in I, either I, way I, I, for I fucking really, sure. I really think, I really think the, that kung fu is really just more. See, I yeah. studied the play. <laughs> <laughs> I like the people in the class better, and I like the kung fu just had a little bit more like of a social element to it. Sure. You know, there's a little bit more of a lifestyle that comes with it. Like, Taekwondo is a little more directly. Like, you're like, oh, I'm doing it. No one cares. A little more of a lifestyle. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's true. Let's like, like, okay, so Kung Fu. Rewind. No, 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 no. Kung Fu is more philosophical than, <laughs> like, uh, oh, I'm doing it to myself. You are digging yourself digging into this into hole, my man. But no, 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 you are doing like, this. Okay, okay, I know that. I know that. But like, like kung fu is is supposed to be like a, like a regimented thing. It's it's much more like involved in like a fucking. I'm sorry. There's not a better word than lifestyle for it. But that's the word. <laughs> whereas like whereas like taek, like the taekwondo class that I took was like purely the martial art aspect of it. You know, is all like we were taught to meditate in kung fu. That's literally it. That's all I mean by that and when you're 12 years old or whatever being taught how to meditate is very good it's a healthy practice you know just like pick a point on the wall and do a horse stance for a while it's good for you i'm gonna stop now (laughs) (laughs) we have so intensely 
diverted Honestly, from talking about this okay. fucking movie. We took Again, this train right off the This is the annual anime episode, <laughs> so it's the one time a year we can have these. The one, the one time a year topic. we get to talk about anime on the podcast, except <laughs> every three or four episodes when Cleveland brings it up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So what? Uh, damn, it's almost like I animate for a what living. What anime oh, is uh, Netflix going right? to ruin next? Yeah, right? Uh, this one. Ooh. Live one. action. Live action. Live action. Vampire Vampire Hunter. Hunter. Ooh, ooh. Fun game. Fun game. All right. So, who do y'all think? Uh, uh, the Netflix is doing a live action Vampire Hunter D. Who are they casting? Oh, okay. <sighs> Just because it would it. be terrible. Mm-hmm. They cast Timothy Chalamet as They the would do that! Oh, they would! They would I'll do see it. your Timothy Chalamet and raise you an Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> because it would be the perfectly tone-deaf thing for, for Netflix to do that doesn't make any oh sense at all and ends up being enormously detrimental. Okay, so we should probably specify that as of recording, he's still missing. Uh, Cleveland. They. They. Oh, they're still missing? Yes. Oh, Multiple underage that. women have put put a restraining order on him, from what I've heard, too. And, uh, apparently they have kidnapped a child, too? Yep. <laughs> Something apparently, like yeah. that. Yeah, he's got, they've gone missing with a person. Ezra, yeah, Ezra Miller's reign of terror on Hawaii continues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, soon to be starring in Netflix's Vampire Hunter D adaptation. I want to so see funny. them like pull a like uh past their prime comedic actor for Vampire Hunter D. Mm. Just throw throw in, uh, Steve Carell as Holy shit. Let's put Paul Giamatti as a... <laughs> Unironically, yes. <laughs> that would kind of rule. Let's put Paul yeah. Giamatti. The action he doesn't look awful. He doesn't look no. like the character at all. I'm Paul Giamatti. But I think he can really capture the inner turmoil of a damn fear. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking of Paul Giamatti as like the, uh, uh, the evil vampire that... That Ezra Miller has to go after. Oh, see, yeah, Ooh, no, no, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. now that's a match made in yeah. heaven. Or like Jim Belushi, or someone, yeah. <laughs> Jim Belushi, yeah. Or is it John Belushi? Yeah. John Belushi's dead. Yeah. Okay. Jim Belushi had his resurgence with uh, Twin Peaks. That's right. As well as his awesome Twitter account where he talks about weed. Yeah, he's a weed farmer in like yeah. Oregon now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty wholesome. Pretty yeah. Sweet. yeah, yeah, you'll love to see it. Shout out to Jim Belushi. Yeah, come uh, on the podcast, Jim. Yeah, we'd, we'd love, love to have you. I wanted to bring up the lackeys in some capacity because they're fun. First off, they're introduced by the sli- in the slime cave, which is like okay, it's not actually slimy, but like it's full of like weird creatures. Yeah, yeah the the bar the barbaroys. They're the like. I, I don't know what they're, they're like an organization of like uh, weird creatures weird creatures yeah. for hire yeah. yeah they've all come together they're all weird kind of demonic creatures well it's it's all the creatures that we see in the original movie largely we get we get a, like almost a little cameo from all of them they're all in the background in some yeah. capacity it's it's weird snake women it's creepy cat monsters it's 
just goblins and little demons and shit. Like it's <laughs> there's a part in this one where there's just like the one little guy who just like comes out from behind the pillar. And he just goes like, just like waggles his arms, just goes, yeah. and it just cuts away. It's, it's so funny. It's awesome and. Their, their leader or whatever is just like this little old man who rides around on a unicycle. Yeah. He's excellent. He's so good. Like, the whole time they're talking, he's just kind of like unicycling in a circle. Yeah. Like, not even in a circle around D to be no, intimidated. He's just, just doing, he's just doing loop. loop-de-loops while he's, like, monologuing. It's yeah, so funny. It's great. Um, yeah, this kind of weird, kooky old man who's, like, the head of him. And, uh, yeah, wearing, like, circus garb. Yeah. Um, like, weird, like, gothic circus garb that looks dope. Um, on a goofy unicycle, and uh, it's so much more fun than just D entering the castle and then and then and then. Yeah, which exactly. is you know, like in in the, in the the original, like D enters the castle and he's he's attacked by all of these creatures, but we don't know what they are. They're just things that are there. Yeah, um, and like even Flash Gordon says, throw him into the groggle flank pit, you know, and it's like, and he goes into the pit and he fights the groggle flank, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure like right. and like there's something there, uh, but in 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 the original, like is just being attacked by these things and they're cool and I like them, but like what what does it mean? What's going on? Why do I care? Uh, but here, like, yeah, they're given a name, they're given a leader, and they're in the background, and they give the world character and life. Mm-hmm. Man, that leader rules. He's so dude. great. Yeah. yeah. He's and the best. His little unicycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he should be their leader. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I liked that scene a lot, uh, because that all, that's also where we get we get Laser Christ. It's where... Yes, that's the introduction of Laser Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's where we get a lot of things, but they're guarding the, the vampire and his, his girlfriend, uh, you know, yeah. in their carriage mm-hmm. while the day carries through, uh, so they can progress again at night. And, um... And they hire out some of them to, like... Be henchmen. Be henchmen, yeah, to per, guard them to as mercenaries. Be bodyguards, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I like that, too, that they are mercenaries. They aren't just, like, the thralls of the vampire lord. Yeah. Because it also, like, kind of humanizes our vampire lord. Like, he's hired them out. He's mm-hmm. paying for them. They're not just his de- demonic thrall. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, they're, they're in it for a price. And um, it's funny that that makes him look like a better person, but it does. And... You know, so the, the the old guy reinforces that by saying, like, yo, he's paying me this much. If you could double that, you can walk through. We don't care. And I like that. I like the earnesty of that. Like, they're, they're fucking creepy snake women and, uh, you know, goofy goblins and horrible demon monsters lurking in the shadows. But they're like, yo, dude, if, if you're going to, like, pay for our lunch, you can just pass. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, you... Feel free, like you know, we we don't care. Like yeah, we're not we're evil. Yeah. yeah, we're just we're just trying to live. Like you know, it's hard out here for a pimp. Like like for any you know for anyone, mm-hmm. it's um, hard out here for nasty little freaks. Yeah, yeah. it's hard out here for nasty little freaks. You know, as a nasty little freak myself, I uh, yeah, I find that very relatable, and I liked that a lot. And it, and it did it did make the the vampire lord a lot more um a lot less evil. Um, sure, and and so they pass through them. And then we see that the the chariot, uh, or sorry, the carriage, not the chariot, chariots are different. Uh, the carriage is guarded by um, his his core henchmen, the yeah, real yeah. guys. And we introduce them, and they've got a hell of a look about them. And it's that usual kind of anime thing where each one has a really weird look. Like I was saying earlier, yeah. Yeah, like a weird look, and you get to kind of figure out what their powers are. Um, yeah. I love that shit. I really do. I uh, um, They're great, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the shapeshifter. You get the the werewolf, uh, and then there's Benj. 
And Benj, yeah. Benj. Of course, um, Benj. Me, I make a cameo yeah. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Benj is, uh, he's like a, a like shadow ninja. Yeah. Which is cool. Benj. He can, like, teleport between shadows and, like, turn his body into, like, a void. To, like, there's one part where Borgoff, like, shoots at him and he's just like, meh. So, like, <laughs> he's wearing one of those, like, Cirque du Soleil kind of outfits where it's, like, just one big square piece of, piece of cloth. Yeah. Like, if you if he spreads yeah. his arms and legs, he he's just like a flying a squirrel. squirrel. Yeah. yeah, like a flying yeah. squirrel. Um, and so, yeah, like, he'll, he'll, and he's got, like, the white mask. And if he lifts his arms out or whatever, like, the claw... We see this a couple of times, because, like, the Vampire Lord does this as well, where they sort of translate just beautifully, like, black cloth into shadows and mm-hmm. back. Oh, it's always a gorgeous transition. There's that shot earlier where the vampire hunters, like, think they've got a drop on the carriage, and they hop down, and, like, the... uh uh, Gringus or whatever the fuck his name is with a big hammer. Nolt. Nolt. Uh, yeah, like my Gringus. Uh, he, he hits it. He hits the carriage with his hammer mm. and it just becomes a cloth cape. Like a big cloth cape. It's yeah. awesome. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. And like the transition is beautiful and then like he appears in Noit's shadow and like stabs him in the back and then disappears again. But he stabs the shadow. Oh, and he stabs the shadow and it kills Nolt. Yeah. kills Nolt. That's mm-hmm. so fucking cool. Um, I love all that stuff with, like, shadow play and, like, how their cloaks become that. And it's so very, like, traditionally so, vampiric so you're saying because that you're they're a Ben. you're saying that you're a Benj fan. Yeah, I'm a big Benj fan. Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm, also, I'm yeah. also a Benj yeah. fan. Hell yeah. 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 And, yeah, that whole idea of, like, vampires transforming and morphing into creatures of the night, um, you know, allows for that, like, anime weird idea to fit right at home here like it, it yeah. works so well for like the dark gothic stuff where like his his cloak becomes a shadow also this shit is set like ten thousand years in the future so anything's possible anything yeah, yeah. you name really? it i'm not fun. i'm not questioning any of this nope. shit go wild and well, that's great you yeah know? Like, it's so nice to have to be so free you know creatively in yeah. that world and just to enjoy the cool shit that's going on um it's the same kind of feeling I got, like, you know, when I was a kid and I had, like, the Star Wars movies on VHS, you know? Like, it's like, oh, look at all the weird worlds and monsters and creatures, and you just get lost in it. I, I still live for that shit. Absolutely. I yeah. think that's a perfect analog. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it is a very fantastic setting. Yeah, like, totally. It's very self-contained, and, like, there is such an internal logic to it mm-hmm. that it, it works. Fits oh. together. Yeah, so well. Um, and it's just it's just nice at the end of like a long day to like sit down and just get lost in a world like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so cool and fun. Um, so yeah, we've got Benj. <laughs> um, and he's he's goofy but but fun and still cool. Uh, and then there's um, the lady... What Caroline. God, her name is just Caroline? Yep. Um, all right, yeah, then there's Caroline who is... Uh, she looks... Her outfit, uh, I think I described as like a Eurovision. Yeah, she looks like she's wearing. She's she's, she's like up up and ready for Eurovision, and uh, her deal is that she can morph into object, like inside of objects, and manipulate them, which is super fucking cool. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. yeah. So like, she first like leaps onto the carriage, and they're like, oh, or she's onto standing their in front tank. Of, yeah, yeah. She's standing in front of their tank, and um, it goes over her, and they're like, oh, did we hit her? And we see her like holding on to the underside of it as she like melts into it and then like the whole in she basically can manipulate the whole tank at that point and just yeah. like, jetting out spikes spikes on all on yeah. the inside yeah. it's it very of, cool it reminded me of like the the liquid metal terminator 
Yeah. 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 Very much. Um, Definitely. But like with that additional part where it's like, she's sort of like a, a metal mancer, you know, like, like she can just become it. Um, but not just metal, as we see later on, she can do it with yeah, trees. Yeah, when she fights D yeah. in the forest, she does it with trees and stuff, and he he thinks he kills her at first, but uh, she's still alive. But he has to take a literal dirt nap because <laughs> he got uh, sick from being out in the sun too long, I guess. Um and yeah, so he had to dig himself a little hole and rest in it. And uh, Caroline comes back and attacks uh, Layla, who is there. And uh, <laughs> I love this part because Layla like takes out like a knife from her be- from her boot or whatever because like she's dropped her gun. She like throws it and it like hits Caroline in the forehead. It's like sticking out of her head, and she's like, "Oh, haha! I, that cleared my head. It's time for me to do the same for you, or whatever." But then a, a bolt of lightning just comes out of nowhere and strikes the knife that's in her forehead. It just like it's so good. Her head. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so good. just like out of nowhere. What's What's fun is there's a couple of things you could go for that, right? Where it's like, first off, like. They have crosses, so I guess God exists in this universe. So maybe it's just a deus ex machina. And the other thing, too, is... Man, like, if God exists in this universe, then he fucking hates everyone. Right? He's done a really bad job. <laughs> yeah, he's done a really bad yeah. job as God in that world. But the the fun part is... The other the other alternative, which I like more, is that Layla... Because she has all this, like, t- future tech weapons. She just has, like, a knife that's capable of, like... Calling down... <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. lightning strike. Like, like, well, essentially it acts as a lightning rod, you know? And yeah. they're really high up. They're in, like, a tree. Like, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they are up in a tree, but it absolutely feels like a deus ex machina because mm-hmm. it's like Layla would never, like, she's not equipped to, to defeat, uh, you know, this creature. So she, like, futilely attempts to just, like, you know, throw a knife into its face and then, surprise, lightning bolt. <laughs> Well, other than Caroline, there's the third henchman whose name I don't remember, but he is a, a werewolf man. Mm. But not just a regular werewolf man. He also, uh, when he transforms, he has a big uh, wolf mouth that comes out of his chest and stomach. Yeah. Which is fun. One of uh, the few disappointments in this movie for me is that, like, he and D don't really fight. D just, like, kind of kills him. One hit. Because it's like, ah, oh, we gotta move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was kind of hoping they would have their, their little fight, but... Yeah, because the the design is so cool. With it's the, cool. The yeah, he's got the big werewolf mouth. And yeah, his chest. it's one of the hokiest things the, in, the, in the movie. The big I do torso agree. mouth. It is fun. It's cool. Yeah. Well, we'd also be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about um, Carmilla, the vampire queen lady, or whatever. Which but, is the castle that our 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 yes. antagonists at the time are, are off to the, the true yes, Castlevania castle. Yes. Yeah. The vampire lord and his girlfriend are trying to get there so they can use her spaceship to uh, fly off to the city of the night in space, which I guess is just like a vampire city in the stars. I love it. I wish we would see some of that. That would be cool. We never do. They never get there. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, they go to Carmilla and she's like, oh, I'm not as evil as everybody says I am. Ha ha ha. And then surprise, she is. It's, she's basically they're basically just doing like an Elizabeth Bathory thing like she needs the she needs to bathe in a like a young virgin's blood in order to be rejuvenated into life and yeah. 
that's the stuff that just like for me kind of drags a little bit in that third act yeah uh, it's not like conceptually conceptually really there's cool. some cool stuff it's just it's not as exciting as a lot of this mm. other stuff in the movie like it feels like it's kind of uh, a little bit slower paced and you know yeah. this movie's almost two hours long so at that point i'm like i need the the intensity to keep up to carry me through to the end of this thing I mean, there's some cool stuff, like uh, when she turns into, like, a blood demon uh, yeah. is is fun. And the visuals are, throughout the whole time are really fucking sure. great, at least. But yeah. I, do, I do really like... She has like, a bunch of illusion magic. Yeah, that's, that's what I love, too, is that, like, every character who enters the castle uh, encounters her in some form of illusion. Yeah. And we always see her in her most regal form um, uh, when she introduces herself first to the... The, uh, the the vampire and his girlfriend like she welcomes them in and yeah. she she makes them see everything as it is all fine and they're ready mm-hmm. to go she's got the, the the spaceship ready and you know the next morning they'll, they'll fly them or the next night they'll fly them out or whatever and as d enters you know he's brought into uh, you know he's given a vision of his own mother yeah. um which i like which gives you a little bit of his backstory um you know about as much as like a cowboy with no name should have you know where you kind of see like oh he's you know, like he ha- he has this inner conflict because, mm-hmm. uh, and I love this is like it's it's related to the two of them because like a dampier is born from like a, a regular human and a vampire, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like he, in this illusion, like even though it isn't real, he gets a moment to kind of speak with his mother and reach out to her. And then um, Layla, yeah. um, you know, sees her younger self mm-hmm. there. She sees you know like uh, at her and, mother's grave, who was captured grave. by vampires and all that mm-hmm. good shit. And and she has that you know, that moment earlier where D is like kind of taking his his dirt nap and she she says, like, I don't want to die alone, you know. Yeah, I want to be mourned after mm-hmm. I'm yeah, and, I want <clears throat> you know, it's a it's that moment of like one lonely soul to another. And mm-hmm. I I found it like, you know, as much as like I could be really moved by that, I found it pretty moving. And yeah. it's done tastefully too. You know, like it's uh it's just it's nice and quiet and philosophical and slow. Um, you know, it's, it's the same kind of stuff I love in, like, Ghost in the Shell and whatnot, where it's just, you know, two characters just kind of sitting and taking a moment after all the action to pontificate. And then, uh, yeah, so she encounters her younger self. Footnote on that for later. D inevitably just, like, cuts through his his, his memory. Yeah. You know, he has And no breaks the that. spell. And breaks yeah. the spell. Um, and it is then shown that the actual Camilla is a husk of a corpse in in the coffin, and that her her kind of ghostly, her ghastly spirit is is sort of projecting this imagery. And yeah, I love that conceptually. I think that's really cool to get it like the the young girl or whatever's blood, so she can be reborn physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> she she tricks the vampire guy into kind of leaving her alone, mm-hmm. and so she can get at that good sweet blood. Yeah. And so yeah. she sucks the blood. Uh, or she draws the blood out of um, the girl, uh, which is really cool. I love I love that how she's bit by what she thinks is her boyfriend, and then he kind of disappears and mm-hmm. reveals it's an illusion. She falls to the ground, and the blood seeps up the steps to the coffin. Yeah, and like yeah. Po- starts pouring in. I thought that was great. How it's like flowing up the steps. Yeah, that it was looks cool. it's amazing. Sick. It's really well animated too. And, uh, yeah, as, as the coffin, you know, like you said, like kind of Elizabeth Bathory style, like fiddles with blood and she is rejuvenated. And then, uh, she and 
do you have a nice fight? Well, yeah, D interrupts the ritual, so she doesn't, like, fully rejuvenate yet, so she kind of, like, attacks him as, like, a demon made of blood, sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah, this, like, yeah. blood corpse um, is, like, crawling yeah. down the side. It's super fucking cool. And, you know, so he kills her, and she's like, ah, but our vampire spirits are eternal, so we can never truly die. And he's like, ha, bitch, you're about to get that suck. And then uh, his hand face sucks up her soul. He does the suck. He does the suck. Which I guess is the whole purpose of that uh, hand face, huh? So he can actually, like, really kill vampires. He sucks up their souls. Do y'all have anything else you want to talk about? We should probably rate this. Uh, I think the music, the the score was really good. There's a lot of choral segments. Like, I love when Dee is, like, crossing the bridge. There's, like, a lot of, like, uh, uh, ambient wailing. Like, there's a lot of choral, like, you know, kind of stuff that's, like, really cool and baleful uh yeah i I, I love that um yeah he fights the vampire guy afterwards um and uh it ends up being layla who uh basically takes the ring off of the 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 young girl who's who's deceased and he she throws it at d and he i love the shot because like he's he's just about to kill um the vampire and he he stabs him and he purposely misses his heart and he, he pulls the blade back and he puts it down to the ground just as the ring lands at his feet and the ring spins up his blade Rolls and into up his, his hand. Blade. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> hilarious, but also fucking rad. And he's and, just like, yeah, I can take this back to her father to prove that she's dead. I guess I don't need her body. Because the whole reason they fight in the first place is because Dee's like, no, I gotta take her body back to her dad. And the vampire's like, nah, I gotta take her on the spaceship. And then he's just like, okay, yeah, I guess I can just take her ring. That's chill. And, like, <laughs> and that's it. And he takes her ring and uh, the vampire takes her body onto the spaceship and shoots off into space. <laughs> never to be seen again. And that's the movie. That's the movie. Well, with one last caveat, because I, or one last, not caveat, sorry, wrong term, but one last aspect, and that is... Yes, the little epilogue. In the little epilogue, we see a casket being lowered into the ground. I think we all thought at first that it's supposed to be... Yeah, like, we assume it's supposed to be uh, what's-her-face, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah, like they're doing a burial for her, even though like yeah, her 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 uh, body's been body, taken to space. They don't have her body, but They're yeah. doing a burial um, without... But we were wrong. Um, yeah. And we see a young blonde girl, um, about the same age as uh, the girl in Layla's vision. Uh, she approaches D, and she says, "I think you knew my grandmother." Yeah, D's standing off under a tree, like separate from yeah. the rest of the lone cowboy shit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, she runs up to him. She's like, "Oh, did you know my grandmother, Layla?" And it's like, "Oh, this is many years in the future." Mm-hmm. He came back. She's like, "Yeah, well." I came to pay my respect. She was afraid there would be nobody to mourn her when she died. But, you know. Here I am mourning. Here. But I'm glad to see that she was wrong because there's obviously like a whole, her whole family. Yeah, she had a whole life and was loved. She found love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so fucking cool because like, uh, I think an an American film would have had to have a kiss or something, and have oh, yeah, Layla and D yeah. and like Shaq, Layla and D Leave together. Leave it open. For yeah, a and instead, yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, some bullshit there. And instead, like they're really classy about it, and they go their separate ways. And we just reveal that she 
she still got that off screen, you know, like at some point she must have found love and, you know, like a community and a family. Yeah, she and, had children and, and grandchildren and yeah. then Dee came back and, to her funeral. Yeah, it was and, nice. And, and died surrounded by by people who loved them and Dee was there to witness that. And I, I think that's the best fucking happy ending and bow you could put on this movie. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. fucking great. Yeah, and the fact, too, that, like, it legitimately caught all of us by surprise. Like, we we just thought, like, oh, yeah, they're just doing a burial for the girl. It's such a fucking cool, like, yeah. clean transition yeah. uh, into the end. So, like, yeah, like, there's a bit of a, a wobble, like, um, uh, you know, in the, the narrative dance, you know, like, toward in the latter half. But I just think it fucking really nails the landing. Why don't you uh, add a rating to that? Yeah. You, this was your pick. So. You know, I think this could become a five. With a few more watches, I was just so enamored by the the visuals, but I get so overwhelmed by it and, like, just trying to take in, like, all the technical aspects of it and, like, oh, my God, how did they do this with, like, cells? How did they do this by hand? Um, that it's hard to say. I would – I'm going to give it a really strong 4.5. Like, sure. uh, I, I'm, I'm hedging 5, but I want to give it a few more watches to see, like, where it's going to sit. Maybe it stays. Maybe it goes down even. Who knows? But – for right now, coming off of it hot, really strong 4.5. Hell yeah. Well, uh, this was one of those cases where I was a little nervous going in, revisiting a movie that I enjoyed growing up. Um, but I was glad to see that it holds up pretty well. It's a pretty solid movie, and the animation, like you said, is fantastic. Uh, it's really confidently made, and again... There's a clarity of purpose where even though the the plot is a little thin, like it has a direct through line throughout that carries you throughout. Um, so I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, um, I I like this one a lot. It's the rare anime that that hit me just right. And uh, yeah, simple like non-convoluted storyline with a lot of really cool like set pieces and character designs and creatures and stuff drags a little bit in the third act um and where it starts to feel its length but overall i really really liked this one and uh would definitely happily revisit it sometime so i'm gonna give it a strong four and a half out of five as well nice um so Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust, gets an average of 4.3 out of 5 pods. Honestly, I'm almost more happy that you had a great time with it, Tease, than my own personal enjoyment. Because, yeah. like, I, I just I, I just really love, like, enjoying things with friends. And, like, I don't I don't want to hold that on friends. Like, if a friend isn't enjoying something, that's fine. But, like... Yeah, it's just it's nice, you know. Like it, it feels it feels good. Every feels now right. and then, every now and then, I like an anime. Yeah. Every now and then, when there's sure. a good well, one, it's, it's a good reminder to me too that I do think that you will really like Bebop at some point. I'm sure I will. I just need yeah. to watch it because I need to give is, I need to give yeah. Evangelion another shot. There's there's Ugh, a few same. There's a few anime for me where I started. Yeah. There's a few animes that I need to to to, to do the thing. But, Bebop is a lot more accessible. Fortunately, yeah, and, thankfully. And you know, I, I like I like a good anime when it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, next week is uh, uh, another new film. Uh, our last of the first half of 2022 uh, is the Black Phone, the Ethan Hawke horror movie directed by Scott Derrickson, based on a short story by Stephen King's son. Are you guys excited about this one? 
I have no expectations I'm for about this one. There too. Yeah. I think the trailer looks, isn't doing a lot for me. I think Ethan Hawke will probably steal the show, but Ethan he's Hawk been in a like, lot of mid yeah, horror yeah. movies in the past decade. Ethan Hawke looks so. like he's hamming it up, and that gives me a little bit of hope, but this is a Scott Derrickson film. Uh, the other horror movies he's done, like The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister, have been uh, extremely mid, so I'm going in expecting something that is inoffensive but not very good. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at going into it. The mask is neat. It's a fun design, but it doesn't look like it doesn't like put fear in my heart or anything. You know, like it's kind of neat. Well, we shall I'm sure curious. see. I think this is the right film to have zero expectations for. That mm-hmm. way, if it's good, it's good. It's at least a surprise. Yes. I'm certainly not rooting against this movie. No, but I'm, I'm not rooting. No, for it me either. Yeah. But uh, it is. It'll be what it is. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, it'll at least be an interesting episode. Tune in next week to find out. Uh, until will it then, be the black phone or will it be the black flop? Um, damn. All right. So this week is brought to you by. Bing, 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 bing. Keith! Keith! Thank you so much, Keith. We love you here at the podcast. We, d- we don't have a choice. We have to love you because you're a sponsor. Um, if we show no love for Keith, we are bled upon the tree of thorns. But when we love Keith, which is always, we love Keith. Thank you, Keith, for sponsoring this episode. And please do remember that we do love you authentically and really. And we're not just saying this because you're a sponsor, even though we have to say this because you're a sponsor. Keith, please, Keith, please don't put us back upon the tree of thorns and pain. As the saying goes, loving Keith keeps a smile on my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Keith. That'll do it for us this week. If you like the show, you can leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While we're thanking people like Keith, let's take a moment to uh, thank our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. If you want to be like them, you can uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. We're on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Uh, I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. You can find me on Twitter at Twitter uh, uh, via very occasionally Lyric Studios. But you know what? Really, you can find way more of my stuff just at DreadXP or DreadXP Games. Um, either of those Twitter accounts. Uh, frankly, I'm doing a shout out for that instead because, like, they post pictures of my dog. So I should probably. <laughs> where I don't like, um, uh, you know, uh, also go to the DreadXP Discord where I'm pretty active. And again, you can pretty regularly see pictures of my beautiful one eyed and deaf pupper piglet um, uh, and meals. And I'm just, I'm just going to devote, you know, I do games, DreadXP.com or whatever. You can see like some of the games I'm working on. But really, it's all about piglet. You can go check out the DreadXP Twitter for, you know, photos of her from time to time, along with my meals as I, that I cook and plate. Um, and, uh, yeah, and she's adorable and a sweetheart. And, yeah, if you go to the DreadXP Discord... And asleep Discord, on my foot right now. She's asleep on his foot she's right now. She's asleep on my foot right now. She's such an angel and just a sweet little piggy angel. And I love her so much. And uh, you will, too. So, yeah, go, go check her out on any of those platforms. Um, and, uh, yeah, feel free to introduce yourself and say hi to me as well. Uh, on the DreadXP Discord. Uh, I'm there. Uh, we do movie nights. It's very fun. 
And that's it for me. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time, why sip when you can suck? Ha <laughs> ha